This is the Mark Stucheski Podcast. She is an entrepreneur, a TEDx speaker, host of the podcast, Show Your Business Who's Boss. And she's going to be talking to us about how you can brand a one to three person service business so they are profitable. Keyword there. Pia Silva, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me, Mark. Great to be here. I am so excited that you put the word profitable in what you want to talk about today, because a lot of people, I have this theory. I'd like to know what you thought, uh, this theory. I believe Pareto's principle is alive and well on social media. I believe 80% of the people are finding their way and they're struggling with becoming successful. And only 20% of the people are really doing well. Do you agree with that assessment? A hundred percent. And it applies obviously to when you are making your business profitable as well. I see it constantly. Yes. Love that. And I, I see a lot of people, and I'm sure you do see a lot of people who are just faking it. They're, they're, they're doing the cliche pictures in front of the private planes and the Lamborghinis and they're dressed in tuxedos. And, and I, I really admire Gary Vaynerchuk. I don't admire his potty mouth, but he's, he's brilliant. And he says, look, you gotta be you don't, don't pretend you're something. Cause here's my thought on that. If you are not doing well now and you tell me you're doing well, and then a year from now, two years from now, three years from now, you're doing well. I'm going to think to myself, um, are you lying to me now or are you lying to me then? What do you think about that? Yeah, I think we can all smell the inauthenticity. Um, and I think that, you know, this word authenticity gets thrown around a lot and I think it's misunderstood a lot. But um that's what we're really connecting with. We're connecting with the person and you're only going to be able to connect with people with real stories if they're your stories. It's hard to make up stories. You guys aren't yeah. great storytellers. So, you know, you rented a Lamborghini from the local, I don't know, can you rent Lamborghinis? You probably can. You <laughs> can rent a, anything these days. Yeah. You rented the Lamborghini. You took a couple of photos like we can smell it. Sorry. We're not, we're not buying. <laughs> <laughs> and, and here's the thing, it, it, Gary brings this out very, uh, very succinctly. And other people said it as well is there is nothing that Mr. Google can't teach you, but there's only one person that has Pia story. And that's Pia. There's only one person that know Mark's story. That's me. And I think we need to stop trying to act like we're the be all end all on our topic and say, Hey, I have a unique story. There is a this is going way back. I don't know if you remember this. Remember the movie Pretty Woman many, many years ago? Oh, and there's mean? a line. <laughs> a class, it's a classic. And what the guy say at the end, what's your story? And that's, that's the thing. What is your story? Because people are interested in your story. I love how Apple started, how Microsoft started, how Google started. I love stories and people get caught up in stories. And I think we should spend more time sharing our story and still teach than just trying to act like we have it all figured out. I think it's a great point. And I also think that when people are trying to be someone they're not, it's because they think that that's what everybody is looking for. Uh, but that's not what most people are looking for. People are looking to identify with and relate to and connect with other people. And so if you actually share the actual struggles that you're going through and the things that you're dealing with and what's top of mind for you, there it is absolutely going to happen that other people are going to relate to that. And that's how you're going to have that real connection. And I think that people think that they have to pretend that they're much farther along than they are when really they could just be themselves and find the people who are at their level at that moment and work up to it. You will, you can get there if you, um, 
put one foot in front of the other. And I think that seems scary to most people. That's what I encourage people to do, though. Why do you think people are so scared of showing their true self? Deep question, Mark, to kick off this <laughs> I apologize for making you think so early in the podcast. Uh, why do I think? Uh, I think that we're being fed the story that we're not good enough all the time. Uh, and I have that story, too. I mean, I have more than I ever thought I would get in my life. And I still constantly feel like I'm not good enough. <laughs> so I can only imagine people who haven't gotten the things that they dream of um, feeling like that. Yeah, I think we're just fed. I mean, that's what marketing is, right? I mean, the, yes. the basis of marketing is, hey, something in your life or about you is not good enough. But if you buy this thing, you'll be better. So we're just being fed that story all the time. So of course, of course, we carry it around. So we have to be strong and counteract it with work that makes us feel like we really are good enough. So we can be our authentic selves and find our people. I know I'm probably the only one on the planet has done this, but we go out and buy courses or we attend conferences or we buy books thinking this is going to be the thing that's going to make me the next Gary Vaynerchuk or the next Brendan <laughs> Burchard, the next Oprah, this thing. And it's really not the thing it's doing. And I think so many people are spending so much time learning. We're learning, 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 and we should learn. But at some point, you got to start doing because it's not the learning that's going to get you to where you want to go. It's the actual doing. Yes. And I love to learn. And I have obviously had that experience many, many times. I think I've bought enough courses and programs and gone through them that I've finally learned nothing is the silver bullet. They're all, but they can all be useful resources. And the more you learn, this is at least my approach, the more I learn, the more tools I have in my tool belt. But ultimately, you have to do enough of that to learn that it really is all you. And it's about showing up consistently for long periods of time. And if you do that for, I think, a concentrated amount of time in the beginning, you can get to a place where you can have a sustainable business where you enjoy your life. And then you can keep doing that work to get, you know, quote, better and better or grow more and more and get more and more of what you want. But I think I do think that that first hump when you're going from scratch to a place where you can really support yourself, I think that's the hardest part. But once you get past that, it really I really do feel like it's a, a more smooth sailing <laughs> after that. Absolutely. I agree with that. Now, let's talk about how can we become profitable. There's a lot of people out there who teach big companies on how to be profitable, but you specialize in smaller operations and teaching them how to be profitable because, you know, I, when I first started my business as a productivity guy, I literally thought, hey, I hung my shingle, shingle out and everyone's going to come. I'm going to have so many clients. I'm going to be rich, have private islands and private planes. Uh, spoiler alert, that didn't happen because <laughs> it, you just don't hang your shingle out. It, there's a lot to going from the corporate world where you get the paycheck every week or every two weeks or monthly, however often you get paid and actually making money on your own. So let's talk about how we can take, because there's a lot of small businesses that listen to this podcast. How can we become more profitable? Yeah. Well, so the reason that I like to talk about profitability specifically for the one to three person service business model is because it's a unique space that where profitability is 
uh, centered around the relationship between how much money you're bringing in and how much time you are spending. And that's not true in any other business model where you're selling widgets or you're selling courses or, you know, you're selling a combination of those things. And so it's actually quite simple. Um, and it's a simple mathematical equation that almost nobody seems to know, <laughs> which is that you have to make a certain amount of money um, within a certain number of hours within a year in order to be what I would call profitable. So I did um, create a formula. It, it, it's not a it's not a hard and fast rule, but I think it's I think it's worked pretty well that you must make enough revenue to pay all of your business and personal expenses in a maximum of 50% of your working hours. And I found that's a really good benchmark. And then once you get to the price point at which you are making enough money in 50% of your hours or less, um, then you can continue to increase your profitability and obviously make more money in less time and become more and more profitable. But until you get to the point where you're making that money in that uh, restricted amount of time, you're always going to be working more um, than than is. You're always going to not have enough time because the reason that formula works is because the other fifty percent of your time needs to be available for you to build your business, work on your business, do your marketing, all the things that actually bring the clients in in the first place. And most people in service businesses don't quite understand the relationship between those two. And that's why they're working all the time for clients. And then all the other time, I don't know when that is, nights and weekends, um, they're scrambling to find the clients, do the networking, figure out marketing as if you can figure out marketing in your spare time. Um, <laughs> so you have to put that time aside ahead of time. Hey there, it's Mark. I just wanted to hop in here real quick to invite you to check out MrProductivity.com to find out how to be coached by me for less than a dollar a day, get my top five productivity tips, and so much more. It all happens over at MrProductivity.com. You know, I was just my one of the questions when I ask you is what are the common mistakes? And you've already nailed one of those is, you know, people, they don't, the formula is key because why are you in business? Because if you're making just enough money to pay the bills, you're not making a profit. You're just breaking even. If you're even breaking even, a lot of people that I've come across are not even breaking even because what they're doing, going back to the magic bullet, the magic pill, whatever you want to call it, they're going into business and they're right away going out and getting all these services. There's VAs, they're getting custom websites. And I'm like, you have no income. What are you doing? I'm like, here's an idea. Start building revenue. Then you can go out and get these things. But I, I think people, everybody's talking about VAs these days and everybody goes out and gets a VA. And I'm like, you know, you have to pay them, right? So you don't have any money coming in. So how are you going to pay the VA? And I, I think that people need to slow down and go, okay, what are my expenses? What do I need for my business? Okay. You got to have a website. Okay. Website. Okay. You probably have to have internet, stuff like that. So list all your expenses and like, okay, that's my base for the month. Now, what can I do to start making money? Tell me if I'm going off the rails here, but I think people need to stop and think about what their expenses are first before they just start going out there and, you know, doing whatever they have to do. I, I love that you said that because that's actually how I help people get to the prices they need to charge to 
have a profitable business in the first place is we don't start from how much money do you want or what do you think is a good amount of money. We start by listing all your business expenses and all of your personal expenses. And I like to tell people to do a good, better, and best. So, you know, what's the absolute minimum? And then what's the, uh, you know, what are the expenses, personal and business, where you're living a comfortable life? It's nothing fancy, but, you know, you pay your bills and you get to eat whatever you want, let's say. And then there's the best, you know, that's the highfalutin lifestyle where you get to do more expensive things that you'll do when your business gets there. And with these three numbers, you can look at what your price points need to be based on the services that you sell and how much time they take. And you can see, okay, these are the stepping stones to getting to a more and more profitable business. But until you get to that first one, you're not breaking even. So you are selling your time, more time than you have. And really until you get to that first marker and really the second marker, you might as well be working in a uh, working for somebody else. You'll work less and make more in a job. And as and so you know, that is a, a short period of time. It should be a short period of time. It should be your startup time in your business. But I think that a lot of people just get stuck there because they don't even realize that their pricing and understanding how their process is going to uh, shorten the amount of time that they spend based on their prices and all kind of this this very simple but hard to implement formula um, is going to lead them to profitability. And that's why so many people are working all the time for not enough money. So you are probably not a fan, I'm guessing by what you just said, of reverse engineering. A lot of people out there saying, okay, I want to make a million dollars a year. Now let me work backwards. You're saying, no, start at the other end, figure out your expenses, both business and personal, and build from there. So it sounds to me that when it comes to profitability, you're not a fan of reverse engineering your ultimate goal. Well, you know, they can be two sides of the same coin. Um, If you say... I want to make a million dollars. Okay, how am I going to do it? Like, what is that million dollars based on? Um, I've I've actually been in business uh, development groups. I was in a, a group called um, EO years ago where a million dollars was the goal. And I watched all these people sacrificing a lot of their lifestyle, um, taking home a lot less income than I was taking home because they wanted to get to a million. And you really just have to, Figure out where your priorities are and what you value. To me, I don't want to do a million dollars in revenue if I'm not taking home a huge chunk of that and living a life that I want. And again, this is why I focus on small service businesses because my people tend to value time, freedom, flexibility, the ability to do the things they want to do um, more than a million dollars in the bank. It doesn't mean that you can't get a million dollars in the bank. It just means that you want to get to a million while keeping a firm eye on the things that actually matter. And I think that if you're if you reverse engineer with a made up number like a million dollars, there's no real why there. Why a million? Why not two? Why not 500,000? I mean, you literally have no emotional connection to that number. So when push comes to shove and it's time to do something to make that happen, like do a sales call you don't want to do, you're not going to do it because you really don't care that much. But if you start from what do I really want, tangible things, not dollar amount, and get to a dollar amount and work backwards from there, because you are reverse engineering in my scenario as well. You're just doing it based on numbers that have actual meaning to you. Um, you're going to be a lot more motivated to do the things that it takes to get there. 
That's very interesting what you just said, because you, you brought up a question, why? And a lot of people don't know their why. And I'm 55 years young, and I didn't know what my why was for years. And I just recently discovered it. My mom has late-onset Alzheimer's. She's a three-year-old living in a 76-year-old body. My dad's 79. He's got health issues. He's a full-time caregiver. Add COVID on top of it. It's a real mess. So my why is the reason why I want to I make a million dollars. I want to pay off all my mom and dad's debts. And pay for private assisted living for my mom. Dad can pick whatever he wants to pick and take care of mom. Cause right now they're depending on Medicaid and you know what Medicaid is. It's like the luck of the draw. Mm-hmm. So I've got a bigger why I didn't have a why for most of my life. 99% of my life. I had no why now I have a why. So I just picked a million dollars because it's like, okay, I could pay off all my bills. I can pay off all my mom days bills. Cause you know, memory care assisted living is really expensive. It's like a hundred thousand dollars a year. It's very expensive. And so that is feeding my why, but you also, mention about what do you value? And I'm sure you know, as well as I do, a lot of people who don't have a lot of money and they're very happy. They spend time with their family and friends. They do things they enjoy. And we also know people who make a lot of money and they're miserable because they have no time. They don't get to do fun things. And, and so what I want the listener to think about is what do you value? Okay. It can't just be money because money is a tool to get you the things you want. But what do you value? And I love how you talked about freedom and time with your family and friends and doing things you enjoy. A lot of people don't stop and think about that stuff. They're just, I got to go to work to make the donuts, as the old Dunkin' Donuts commercial said back in the 80s. You know, do you wake up every day like it's Christmas morning and the day is a brand new gift? You can't wait to see what unfolds. I mean, I was really looking forward to this conversation with you today. Or do you wake up every day and go, oh, it's time to wake up? You know, what do you value? And I think more than money, people need to think about what do they value and what is their why? Yeah. And, you know, to that point, I think it's hard for some people to really explore those questions when they don't have enough. You know how they say uh, there's a certain amount of income and it's different depending where you live. I think $75,000 in most of America is is the cap where anything above that you're not going to experience more happiness. But below that, I, I think you do. And I think about Maslow's Pyramid a lot. And I feel fortunate enough to have been sitting, I feel like, in the top of Maslow's Pyramid for years now, where I have a lot of time and and um, the privilege to explore wh- what do I really want? You know, when I think about that, the reason that I want profit and time to spend with my son and my family and my friends and to do things that really fulfill me. Like I'm, I'm used to be a, a dancer. I love to sing. I love to dance. I love to do art. I like to write. These are all things that I have a privilege to do, but, but 10 years ago or nine years ago when I first started my business, I wasn't thinking about that stuff. I just wanted to make enough money to be able to work without a boss. So my why has changed significantly. And I I think it's I think it's really hard. I think it would be hard to talk to myself nine years ago to be to ha- feel like I had the luxury to really explore certain kinds of um, personal fulfillment goals that I have now because back then they were different because I didn't have enough. I really didn't have enough then. I I could barely get by. Um, so you have to meet your basic needs first and your your ability to, you know, support your family, your ability to support your parents. I mean, those are all really important 
um, values and goals that are going to knock any sort of more abstract personal fulfillment goals out of the water until they're met. So I, I think there are different levels of this, but I, but that's why, I mean, that's really my why. I want to help people fulfill those goals and be able to support their families so that they can pursue these kind of more heady, <laughs> more personally fulfilling, um, uh, goals and values and things that, that fulfill them relationships and all of that. I want pe- more people to be in a position to be able to pursue those because I think the world is a better place when people are doing that. And I think when people are still in scarcity mode, which so much of our country is, they don't have enough. They're very fearful. They're very scared of the other. They're very scared of like, you know, things that they know of of which they do not know. Um, and I think that that makes for kind of a, a less inviting world to live in. That's my why. Yeah. And, you know, you brought up a good point about fear. You know, this is November 5th, a couple of days ago. You know, we had the elections here in the United States, a lot of fear going around the world. And, you know, we have COVID. And the thing is, you cannot operate in fear. That's why I don't watch the news anymore, because they lead with fear. They want to get you scared because scared gets you more ratings and more advertising dollars. And, and and I remember on election day, I didn't look at the news all day long. I had other things to do. Okay. I voted. (laughs) I voted on October 20th. My vote doesn't matter if I watch the news or don't, it's not going to change my vote. I can't change my vote. And so many people are wrapped up in the fear of COVID and the election and this and that and the other thing. And I'm like, okay, listen, you need to, like the kids used to say, I don't know if this is a cool saying anymore. You better check yourself before you wreck yourself. Okay. <laughs> do they still say that anymore? I don't know. I'm, I'm I don't think they do, I but I remember. Okay. <laughs> okay. You need to step back and, and say, okay, listen, do I really need to know everything going on with the news? Now, my wife, she checks all the news and stuff like this. And I had to tell her, I said, honey, I love you, but please only tell me if like a satellite's going to fall on their head or if a tornado's coming to our house. I, I don't want to know all the noise out there because then it affects me because then it gets fear going up inside me. And then I'm not serving my clients, which means I'm not making money, which means I can't you know, go to my why and I can't serve my, my value. And so I tell people, look at, say, I'm say informed. I mean, know that there's something called COVID know that we had an election, but don't get obsessed by it because it's going to affect your mental state. And you cannot be your best version of yourself. If you're always operating in fear. You're serious about your online business. I am too. That's why I proudly host my website on Kajabi. It's everything you need all rolled into one platform. For more information and to try Kajabi free for 14 days, go to the link in the show notes or go to markstuchowski.com forward slash Kajabi. That's Kajabi, K-A-J-A-B-I. I am 100% with you. And I do think that humans naturally are guided by by fear. And even me, I'm very aware of it. And I still notice if I really go deep down, a lot of the decisions that I make probably stem from some sort of fear that I'm not aware of. But I do a lot of work um, on those fears because I think that overcoming those fears is how we can become more expansive and how we can grow more individually and therefore affect other people in a positive way. 
fearful people stay small. Fearful people don't see all the options in front of them. And I'm a huge proponent of building, you know, inner confidence so you can see all the possibilities in the world. If everybody was walking around with a lot of confidence and seeing a lot of possibilities in their life and for this world, uh, they would be a better place to live. Absolutely. I, I have been fascinated by watching um, Steve Harvey. He's got a whole bunch of motivational videos on YouTube. By the way, I highly recommend YouTube Premium. No commercials. I'm just putting it out there. It's, it's really awesome. And he was talking about, I watched a video from him the other day, and he goes, you need to get exposed to more things. He says, if you ever been on an airplane and you walk past first class, who is in first class? Mainly it's people who have gray hair, who are up in age. Okay. They're like fifties and above. And Napoleon Hill also said in 1937, classic thinking grow rich. Most people don't really get their stride until their fifties or sixties. And he, and he goes, if you've never sat in first class, do whatever you can to sit in first class at least once, because now you've been exposed to a new experience. The problem is most people go through their life and they're in a rut. They do the same thing day in and day out. They drive the same way. They go to the same store. They pay the same things. Everything is autopilot. But when you expose yourself to new things, I've even heard like just for the heck of it on a weekend, go to uh, like if they're showing a mansion for sale, go dressed up, go walk around the mansion. You're not going to buy it, but it's just exposing yourself to these experiences because you've lived in the same house for how many years or the same apartment for how many years. And it's just exposure. When I heard him say that, I'm like, wow, you know, am I living in a rut? And, and I looked at myself. Yes, I do the same thing. I mean, I love my life. I love what I do, but I've gotten myself in a rut. So I told my wife and I said, we got to do something to get his exposure to new experiences because you're not really going to truly live if you just stay in a rut. Do you agree with that? Oh, I love that you brought that up. So I was just having a conversation with my husband, Steve, um, about this hey, Steve. very <laughs> about this very topic. Um, because over the years, Steve and I have gone on some pretty crazy adventures. Um, and and we were reminiscing on some of them because I was pointing out to him, you know, sometimes I, I think about there are certain stories from, let's say, being a teenager that kind of come up in my mind often because they were traumatizing in some way or because they shape me in some way. I don't know about you, but you know, your childhood and your adolescence kind of shapes who you are. And so things remind me of those things. And I said, you know, I haven't thought about Steve and I lived on a farm in the British Virgin Islands for four months, um, like 10 years ago, uh, to have an experience, like unlike any other, I grew up in the middle of New York city. That was very different for me. Wow. And I said, <laughs> and I said that was a f formative for us in so many ways, but oddly, I don't think of it often. Like when I, and so we kind of started reminding ourselves of all these things and we played this game where I said, well, when I think about that trip, what are the first things you think of? And we compared the things we thought of and all the things I mentioned were things that were very new to me. I was like, I just remember like sleeping on the floor in that tent and the bugs. And he was like, yeah, I don't think of that first because I camped a lot because he he like went on outward bound. Uh, okay. So but for me, that was really memorable because it was so different from anything I had done before. <laughs> he as a camper, it was like that wasn't what he was thinking about. He actually remembered these moments where 
um, we were reading, reading a ton and he read this book that we still quote today about, um, I don't remember which book it was, but this concept of build your own pyramid, stop building okay. other people's pyramids, build your own pyramid. I don't remember that moment. He was like, oh, you were sitting right next to me. We were looking at the <laughs> ocean and, and I had this epiphany. I didn't remember that because those were things I had already been thinking of. So it was so fascinating to compare our memories and to notice that the going outside of our comfort zone and the, the new ideas that we we had because we were in different places re- reading and thinking about different things were so formative and are so memorable and so to your point the more you can stretch outside and do things you aren't used to doing the more you're going to have those experiences and they're going to form you know who you as you continue to grow cuz we're always growing i think a lot of people think that you stop growing after college or or high school. Um, But there's so much opportunity for us to just continually grow and become more of the people we want to be. And it's really hard to do that when you're stuck in a rut. Not to mention every time we've gone on one of these crazy trips, like we went, we drove around Spain and Italy for two months, um, two years ago, right before I got pregnant with my um, my son. Uh, these are like uncomfortable things to do, <laughs> but they are so powerful and they really change your perspective. So I'm constantly trying to plan big ways to go out of my comfort zone. Um, even though while I'm doing it, I'm always like, oh, I don't want to do this. You know, like <laughs> my my king size bed that I have now is so comfortable. Like I don't want to go camping or I don't want to go sleep in some hotel that's not going to be as nice. Um, but I but I want to do those things because I know that they can really um, have profound effects that you can't even know in the moment. Sometimes those effects come, you know, years later even. I I saw another Steve Harvey video where he says to be the key to being successful is getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. That struck a chord with me. If you're comfortable, you're not going to be successful. You have to be get comfortable with uncomfortable. So I just wanted to share that with you before we wrap up. I want to go back to what you said earlier about the good, better, good, better, best, because I, that's my big takeaway. This is something I need to do. And so make sure I understand what you said, list all my business and my personal expenses. That's a baseline, correct? That's the minimum I need to make for the year in order to break even. Am I, did I hear you correctly? Yes. It's uh slight, you know, if you really want to do this, it's a little bit more complicated in that you want to um, list your business and personal, and then you want to add in what your taxes might be (laughs) so that you can get to a revenue number. That's kind (laughs) of important. And I am, yeah. So, um, you know, I put together a little Excel sheet for something like that. Actually, I have a free one of it. Um, It's very simple, but it's called Price to Freedom. So you plug them in and um, it'll give you that revenue number. And then you can go through it again and add in more personal expenses and more business expenses. So maybe you've got a bare bones business expenses, like to your point, your internet, you need a computer. Okay, these are baseline. Okay, but maybe there's a little bit more you could use. You know, maybe a VA a few hours a week would really help you. So you add that in and that's your better. And then you go for the best. I'd like to be able to spend, you know, $5,000 a month on Facebook ads and someone to run them. I'd like to be able to spend, you know, X $20,000 a year on, on various education to continually build my, my knowledge. These are all things you'd put in and that would be your best category. 
Okay. Well, that's, I said, that was my big takeaway from this. I never heard that before. So that's my homework assignment. So, um, so where can, this is incredible conversation. Where can we go to find out more about you? Uh, you can just go to piasilva.com and, uh, yeah, all kinds of information there. You can grab the first chapter of my book for free. You should definitely grab my crash course. The price to freedom is in there. So you can find out the price you need to charge, um, to get the the freedom and profitable business that you want. Wow. Well, I really appreciate you being on the show today. I learned a ton. I know the listener learned a ton. I took a lot of notes and unless they were out walking or driving, please don't take notes when you're driving. Uh, I'm sure they learned a lot. So thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you so much for having me, Mark. And just before we go, don't forget to head on over to my website, mrproductivity.com, M-I-S-T-E-R, mrproductivity.com. Find out how I can coach you for less than a dollar a day. No joke. And also, you can get my top five productivity tips and so much more. It all happens at mrproductivity.com. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Mark Stuchowski Podcast. Until we meet again, my friend, go be productive.